If you do the first few deals, you might be really scared. How do you conquer that? You need to be confident in what you can do to sell it fast. Because the quicker you can move it, the better you're going to be at trusting yourself and keeping the deals going. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. I know, right? It is, yes. So today we're going to be talking about how to sell your land fast. We buy and sell a lot of land in our land flipping business, and we've discovered a bunch of hacks or tricks over time that allow us to sell our land as quickly as possible. Is that an exciting topic to you? Yeah, or? I mean, I think that's probably like the most important thing. Like, Well, actually, you make money when you buy. So You always say that. You say we make money, or I make money when I buy, and I always tell you I make money when you sell. Okay, so. well, I guess we, we technically make money when the wire hits our account. Right. Right. To me, that the deal's not done until that happens. Okay. So you don't like it when the wires go out? No. To me, that's the exciting part. It's like, oh, we bought a deal. It's physically like we, we painful. We instantly, really? Physically? I feel physical pain. Okay. Well, all right. Well, you know, actually, when we buy a property, like mm -hmm. that's when the value is created. If we're buying it at a discount or, or something like that. So logically, that makes sense, right? If you can get a good deal on a property and you see the upside for it, and you can sell it for more and maybe you can do a few things to it. And then so when you lock that in and you actually get it bought, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Right. I don't feel that. Okay. So well, if you buy a property for 50000 and you know it's worth 100000 you don't you, you're not excited about that? No, I feel the $50,000 draining out of my body. Yeah, but but if you know, like if you know that you can sell over 100000 you you don't you still don't feel like, hey, I, I just created that value there? No, I mean, I could lie to you and be like, yes, absolutely, okay. I do. But I just don't feel it. But I think that's, we talk about this, so there's different personalities, different things like, and good partnerships have multiple different types of personalities, right? Mm -hmm, right. And so taking that into account... I don't feel it. But hmm. that doesn't mean that logically I don't feel it. Logically, okay. yes, I do. Because I'll ask you, like, what's the what's the projected sale or what, you know, what are we thinking to do this? And that does give me some sort of like, yay, that's cool. That doesn't take away from the fact that I feel like I'm being physically drained of that money. Okay. So so I guess you wouldn't be good in charge of the acquisitions then. I mean, yes, I think I could be trained. If you have my personality, you can be trained. You can train your brain to 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 push through those hurdles. Mm -hmm. But without that dedication to doing it, probably not. Because I would probably be like, uh, you know, like you can look past one bad comp because and you could logically explain it. But I that would always stick in my head that ours is going to be worse than that one horrible comp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if you had 10 great comps that were closer. I understand. But at this point, we've got hundreds of properties like validation, you know, f that, it, that it works and that we buy at good prices and sell for more. Right. Uh, so I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess it's just different ways to think. Right. So no, but I mean, I'm that's trying just... to understand how your mind works and. And, and frankly, I'm never going to figure it out. But, you know. No, but I think that, but I think for people who kind of have their, the, uh, what do you call that? Where you're, you're intuitive. I don't know. You know, where you're go to, like, I'm more of pessimist. You're more optimist. I don't uh -huh. know what you call that. Your baseline, whatever. Uh -huh. Even if you have my baseline, this can still work for you is what I'm trying to say. Okay. You're going to have to see facts more, right? Right. Because facts don't lie. And maybe, maybe build out, um, 
build out a, a network of people that you can run these deals by that who you trust, mm -hmm. who can give you some validation on on what you're thinking and, and just give you a little confirmation and a little Right, know. that nudge. And mm -hmm. then you're going to have to just trust yourself at some point. I remember when we were doing like REOs and BPOs and all that, and um, we were doing like the valuations and stuff. And we followed like kind of our own little script in our brain, right? Like we were doing like this, this, this. And then it got to the point where we would not even realize what we were looking at and we could come up with a value mm -hmm. by glancing it. And I think that's for a lot of people, that's exactly what happens. You do it enough, it's repetitive. Or you, you're looking at the property, like you're still pulling different comps, you're pulling different things, but you might not even be formally like writing each thing down. You just, you could absorb it all and give it, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm, and I'm you know, if I'm being honest, I'm leveraging, you know, past experiences and like, oh, it's pretty similar to this property. You know, we sold right. a property in this area uh -huh. and this is that one. So there's a lot of that going on too um, that I'm taking into consideration, I guess. Right. So I think that if you do the first few deals, you might be really scared. You might even be scared your first 15 or 20, depending on your personality, right? Mm -hmm. I think scared is an appropriate word just because you're doing something new. But if you push through that, you could get to the point where you're like way more confident. Um, but that, that ties into how do you conquer that? You you need to be confident in what you can do to sell it fast. Because the quicker you can move it, the better you're going to be um, at trusting yourself and, and keeping the deals going. Yeah. So today is all about how to actually sell your land, not to buy it. I guess I know we got off on a little bit of a tangent. Mm -hmm. But uh, but in reality, you know, once you own one of these properties, mm -hmm. uh, your job then is to get it sold as quickly as possible for the uh, the best possible price. I'm not saying that you should maximize, you know, you should try to sell it for 100% retail value or anything like that. No, so on the contrary. Yeah. I want to I make that very clear because a lot of people get hung up on that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're looking for the best combination of a speed and value. So, mm -hmm. you know, it depends on the market. You know, some markets are really hot and you can sell for top retail value and sell it quickly. Some markets which are a little bit slower, you're going to have to adjust the price a little bit in order to kind of force that sale quickly. And markets where, where they're very slow, you're going to have to adjust more in order to sell that property quickly. But it's not just about the price either. No. So. Um, I was just thinking back to something that a week or so ago, there was like an email with a new agent we we're trying to find. And it took how many times going back and forth to explain? He, like, we were like, hey, we want to sell it really fast. This is our whatever. And their response was like, land doesn't sell fast. <laughs> and then it was like the next, you know what I mean? Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Yes. It was like mm -hmm. a layered thing, like over and over and again. I was like, I don't. I'm like, about this is not the right person for us. No, because I was like, yes, we know we're, but I think it's very important that you understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's why I think that's the biggest tip out of all of these is that don't try to push for like, and some people I think still will be like, okay, I think the value is a hundred thousand. Let's start at one twenty-five. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know it's, that, it you know, work. premium properties huh? in areas that are hot, you know, those type of strategies may work. I don't know. But in reality, you got to price things right. So we're not even going to get into that, the pricing side of things today. We're going to get into all the other stuff that allows you to sell a property quickly. Okay. So. Well, let's get started. So there's, there's a couple things to, to sort of uh, preface this with, with, first of all, there's the presentation of the property, like how are you presenting this property to the world? And then there's also marketing tactics, mm -hmm. marketing or sales tactics you can use in order to, to find your buyer quickly. So we're gonna start with the presentation side of things. First of all, when I say presentation, your job is to get this property looking as appealing as possible to a potential end buyer. And some ways you can do that, first of all, 
great photography. Also drone videos, especially if it's a rural type property, you know, if it's a small uh, little subdivision lot or something like that, you're not going to need to hire someone to, to uh, get some drone photography or anything like that. But but yeah, if you're looking at a rural property, you probably want some drone videos, some drone photography, some on the ground photography, and not just crappy photos that are taken from a cell phone with poor lighting and, and everything like that. You, you want some actual decent photos and uh, you need the property looking good. There's even ways to, you know, say it's a cloudy day, they go out there. You can use AI tools to make the sky look blue, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not changing anything about the property. So I don't think that's deceiving in any way. It's just kind of presenting the property in the best possible light. Literally. Yes, literally. (laughs) Um, I think that's interesting because a lot of people look at these properties and let's say it's 10 acres and it's wooded. Okay, I'm going to take a professional picture of the front of it, which is literally just a row of trees. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about showcasing all the highlights of it. Is there a stream in there? What kind of trees are on there? Give them t- context. If there's access, get, show them where the access, well, of course, hopefully there's access. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, there's things like that that you're looking for. And the drone thing is so important because they can see from up above, they might even be able to get a good majority of it in different angles to see what you're really dealing with. Or if there is that river that runs through it or something, they're going to be able to get that. Wasn't that a movie? Yes. A river runs through. Yeah, mm. uh, I remember um, there was one property that we that we actually just recently sold. But you showed me the pictures, and I was like, "Stop showing me these pictures!" Because it was like deer and buck, and it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous, and mm-hmm. it sold quickly. And so there was more context to it than just just a piece of land. Yeah, right. You're, mm-hmm. You you want to sell the elements of it. Think of who's going to be buying this. What are they going to use it for? I always thought it'd be cool. And I don't know how, you know, I'm, I'm sure they can use AI to do this, but wouldn't it be cool if you could actually say, okay, I'm selling you this piece of land and there are 350 birch trees on this property. Mm. There's 200 cedar trees. It, like, like you knew exactly like how many of these trees are on each property. You knew like the inventory of all the animals that lived on the property. Like, oh, there's, there's, there's Sarah, three, 330 the squirrels. There's, you know, I just thought that would be funny. And I know there's no way to determine all that, but, well, but really there's a lot when it comes to, to land. Yeah, but there's ways to do it. Um, they obviously, I mean, they you could do an inventory like that to some extent, but um, but they have, I'm sure there's estimates because they know that in this area there's approximately this many because they actually do those studies to figure out like are animals endangered or not. Right. But I, I worry as somebody who loves animals and doesn't eat them that right. people would be like, oh, really? Yeah, okay. I know. Hmm. I know. I just think it's it's interesting. Sometimes you just think about the land, but there's really a lot more to that piece of land. There's a whole ecosystem of habitats of different animals and stuff and insects and... Kind of cool to really think about it. But Uh anyhow, I guess you could somehow weave that into your marketing. (laughs) (laughs) But anyhow, the blue skies thing. Um, We haven't done a lot of that, but that's something that I've heard a lot of other land investors doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are going to start incorporating that. You know, one of the things that we've kind of done in the past is like, hey, we tell our a drone photographer is to go out there on days when it's sunny and when it's going to look nice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, some areas especially, you get in this groove where it's just bad weather for, for many days and we're mm-hmm. just like, hey, we need to get the photos. I mean, like, we need to see what it is that we're buying. So there's two, two dual purposes when we hire a photographer to go out to the property. We're looking for the inspection of the property mm-hmm. to see what, exactly what it is that we're buying. And then we're also many times going to be leveraging those photos and videos and everything for the marketing side of things as well. There might be a situation where if we need these really badly just to see if we can even buy it, we might send them out again yeah. if we needed to. Yeah. And and a lot of the, the other thing that kind of 
complicates it a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of the agents and brokers that we're dealing with want to take their own photos and videos and stuff too. So, so in those cases, uh, you know, we could potentially use it for some of our additional marketing, but uh, they're going to want to have their own stuff to to market it to the to the public. Yeah, so. I think there's a big percentage of them that of the land agents or brokers that actually enjoy that kind of work. Yeah, yeah, they do. They love land, so they like to go do, and it's a and a reason to use their drone and. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a fun uh-huh. fun toy. I don't blame them. Yeah, but also <laughs> I have one too. I haven't pulled it out in years though. Right, we used to use it a lot traveling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is fun. Um, Wonder and if then, it still works. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's also a good exercise for the agents if they're doing that because then they get to know the property better. Yeah. Also on the presentation, I'm I'm looking at my my cheat sheet here so I don't forget anything. Is a professional description. Right. So, and this is not something that's you know, just a list of features on the property. You want to actually create, in words, a feeling for this property, a story behind it potentially, or something along those lines that is actually going to gain uh, or hopefully attract the interest of your potential buyer. I have a lot of experience writing <laughs> descriptions. You do. you do. And I only printed one really horribly one time. Um, you know, you hear about those like, I'm not going to say what I said because it's embarrassing, but I had a, I left off a letter in one of those. And this was back when you actually printed those out and yeah, put them in Yeah, this is when I was listing kind of luxury properties mm-hmm. and Heather had, Heather was in charge of the flyers. So she would, you know, do the Photoshop or whatever she did in order to create these flyers and nice photos and big long description of it and she crafted a description with a word that <laughs> there was a it was a typo but it almost didn't look like it was a typo because the word she put in there actually uh, could it could be kind of offensive want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly sign up for free at landconquest.com all right let's get back to the show but anyhow, we had, I don't know, hundreds of these things printed up. No one we, even said anything. And we didn't even realize no. it until after we sold the property. Right. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, maybe they thought it was true. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of those funny realtor description mm-hmm. mistake things going around. I'm sure they're on, all over the internet. Oh yeah. Yeah. But. Thankfully that one was um, coming from me. It was okay. If it had come from you, it would not have been okay. Right. Anyways. So just. Double check your 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 descriptions, but I think that's important because even if you're not writing them yourself, make sure that the agent that you're using does write something, not just like four point six five acres flat land. Yeah, so you know, um, you know, there's great tools out there right now with Chat GPT and other oh co- copy related yes. tools. So you could just go in there. You can, I'm sure you there are there are prompts that you can figure mm-hmm. out in order to kind of train it correctly. And then you simply, you know, list out the kind of the features of the property and then ask them to make it sound good. <laughs> Can you imagine you know? what if we had had ChatGPT or, you know, one of the other companies that does that like available to us then? It would have been great. I spent so much time doing that. Yeah, there's so many ways to leverage that technology. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes we don't even think about it, but we should be thinking about that as an option. No, I'm not saying that it, it can replace us or anything like that, but it, it can, can replace you. Well, it could repl- yes, I'm I'm just easily replace. It could make your job a lot easier and allow you to be more creative. So if you work with it, I think uh, you could really leverage uh, tools like that. Why not? Why not? I yeah. mean, that's just kind of like you can do your best and then have it do a run through and pick up things that you missed. It would have picked up what my mistake that time. Yeah, definitely. 
So, you know, and, and we work, we list all of our properties with real estate agents. So I'm always reviewing their listings that they come up with. And if the description's not so great, I ask them to, you know, I give them some suggestions for, for improvement with that and maybe write up something like that. And Have never, any of them been offended? Possibly, but they did it. I wouldn't have been offended. No, I wouldn't have been offended either. I mean, there were just, uh, numerous situations I could think of where they just kind of like mailed it in, you know, mm-hmm. like 5.5 acres and so-and-so county you know it's right. like yeah, that seriously. kind of description i'm like okay well this is an opportunity to to paint a picture with words you know some people love reading you know mm-hmm. some people really get a feel for a property just by kind of reading the description and i, I right. do i like to look at the descriptions and kind of read what what they're all about and if you're presenting it properly i think you're going to be a lot more appealing to people well it'll catch their eye too first mm-hmm. of all and second of all a lot of times like you know the pictures are just they're not that exciting, even if you do your best. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just woods. Right. So it's a lot of times in houses, right? Something's going to, you're going to hopefully feature like a beautiful sunset view or I don't know, something. Well, that's not always the case when you're looking at land. Yeah, the tell, only thing that can catch their eye is the words. Yeah. T- tell the story of what it's like to be there, mm-hmm. what you're close to, like you know, all, all these different things can be added in there. And it's, um, so I think you're missing a big opportunity if you're not using that to present the property properly. That's the presentation side of things. Obviously, you want to make sure it looks right, feels right, all this kind of stuff. So next, we're going to go into the tactics to actually market the property. So number one biggest thing that we do is we always list our properties with professional land brokers or agents. Mm-hmm. You know, We try to use the, the best that we can find in any particular area. Ones that have, have their act together uh, will do a lot of these marketing things on their own. You know, they have things like a local buyer's list, you know, people looking for properties in these areas. So the minute they get a listing, even before it goes on the open market, a lot of times they're emailing these people, they're calling them, letting them know about the potential property that, that's going to be coming up. And also they put things in the MLS, the local MLS. And what I don't think gets talked about enough is that the top ones, when they list a property, uh, that property automatically gets some some clout to it. Mm-hmm. You know, these buyers in in those areas, they know that name because they probably see all their signs around. They know it's a legitimate thing. It carries some clout to it. So when they have a listing, you're immediately leveraging that local clout that they've built out over who knows how many years, you know? So that's something that that I think is a is a big thing as well. They normally have a local website too where people are monitoring that site where they can put they put things on sometimes before they hit the open market. So people are are excited about these uh, properties when they come up. They have connections with other agents that have buyers in that area as well. So not just their own buyers, but they've got other agents generally in their office that are kind of looking for those types of things and they all have their meetings where they're talking about upcoming listings and they're like, oh, I might have a buyer for that. So a lot of those deals happen that way as well. And then agents outside of their office as well, they generally have good connections with them. Obviously, it goes on the MLS. uh, And a lot of them also have accounts on the land.com sites, which we'll go into a little bit uh, as well. They also have connections with just people in the industry in that area. Yep. You know, they might be able to help you with the title companies or I don't know, anything that you might need or service providers or if you need to get a septic done or... Yep, yeah, and that's that's really good as well because calling out of the phone book or the phone book, we don't call out of the phone book, but... Pete does, obviously. <laughs> calling out of Google uh, sometimes <laughs> is difficult 
to find the right service providers. And they already know the best people to use in a lot of cases for clearing brush, for getting a perk test, for getting a survey done. Or who not to use. That'll take who six not, months. Yeah, They'll say, oh, I'll get done in a week and a half and it'll be six months later. Yeah. yeah. So that's always our go-to. When we need to get something done, we ask the agents. We're like, hey, who, who do you know for this? You know, who would you recommend for this? So, And that that saves us generally a lot of time when, when it comes to that. Obviously, that's the that's the biggest thing that we we do right off the bat is we're using a local land agent or broker to sell our properties. They've got their own process in place. They do a lot of these marketing things on their own. But we also do some additional marketing things. We don't do all of these things every time, mm-hmm. but we're changing that. <laughs> so, you know, going through and preparing for this, I'm like, well, why why aren't we doing each one of these steps every single time. Well, now I want to know every what they are. Every single one of them. Okay, tell That's me. changing. So okay. we are going to do each and every one of these steps every time. So first thing I want to note is that in certain situations, and I know some people go this route for every situation, they list the properties on the MLS themselves through a flat fee mm-hmm. listing service. So basically what they're doing is they're cutting out the listing agent or broker on this, and they're just going directly to the MLS listing it in themselves. It's basically, uh, it's a flat fee service, they call it, where you might pay a couple hundred bucks or something like that to put it in the MLS. Now, some things to note there, you're still going to have to offer a buyer's agent commission. So if another agent sees that in the MLS and has their buyer write up an offer, you still have to pay the buyer's side commission. Mm -hmm. You're just saving the listing side commission. But my theory on all this is that you're not saving anything in most all cases. Yes, you could be saving a few percentage points on your commission or whatever, but you're giving up all that other stuff that we talked about, the local connections, the buyer list, the clout behind a property. So I think it's very, very negligible that you're going to actually come out and head to those situations. Now, I'm sure there's examples where it happens all the time, but uh, the other part about it is you got to do their job. Mm-hmm. You got to be fielding all the phone calls. you got to be a good negotiator. You've got to represent the property in, in a good way. And the fact that you're most likely out of town is going to scare off some potential buyers. I'm what? not saying all of them or, or even a, a good percentage of them, but there is a percentage of the buyers that are going to be scared off by that. I think there also is the issue of, do you know the local disclosures? Yeah. You might not know all of them and you might still be able to close it without doing that because it's technically kind of like almost a for sale by owner situation, but I like the added protection that so-and-so is going to know when they're going to have just, we've gone through like so many episodes on this. It's why you shouldn't do it. The other thing is if you're talking about the flat fee, let's say you pay like a few hundred dollars for that. How much is the commission even? What are you saving? A couple hundred bucks? Some cases. You know what I mean? So you're going to go through all that. And instead of spending your time working on getting more deals, you're going to work on selling it and save a couple hundred dollars. Right. That just seems silly. Potentially. Potentially. Negligible, negligible in my opinion. Um, You might even come out worse. And I'm not saying that because I used to be an agent and you're still a broker in California. You're licensed Mm -hmm. in California. So just that's out there. I'm not even saying that because of, of that at all. I'm saying that because it's just as a business person selling land, it doesn't make sense to do that yourself. I fully uh, am bought into the fact that it's in our best interest mm-hmm. to use a local agent or a land broker in uh, well any of these properties that we're selling. I could easily handle that part myself. I know what to do. I know how to talk to people. I know mm-hmm. how to negotiate. I know all that stuff. You don't even but, mind that. You actually like talking to people. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that part at all. But I do know that what they're doing, if they're doing it right, it actually takes time. Mm-hmm. They've got that local clout that 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 uh, we were talking about and there's some things that i can't do i can't replicate you can't meet them there no you can't tell them, oh yeah it's that one tree yeah okay yeah no no go around that one tree 
Yeah. You've never been there. The agents have actually been there. So I, I think it's, um, I'm going to say it's like silly Mm -hmm. to do that. I mean, you're like there, someone said that like when you're feeling overwhelmed, outsource as much as you can, right? Mm -hmm. You should feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should be so busy doing this that you feel that overwhelmed. What can you outsource? This is the top one. Real magic is getting more deals, right? Get more deals, Mm -hmm. make more money. You're not going to make a lot more or any more in a lot of cases by handling these listings yourself. No, and you'll go crazy. (laughs) You'll go crazy. Okay. So other ways Mm -hmm. to actually kind of market your property. There are a number of sites all under the land.com kind of umbrella. I think it's actually owned by the same company that owns like, uh, like, oh, it's CoStar that owns it. Anyhow, Uh they own a number of different real estate related sites and everything. So they've got a site land.com, Landwatch, and Land landsofamerica.com. So basically, you can sign up for listing service with them. A lot of the land-specific agents have that already, so they post the properties on those sites as well. Some of them you'll find don't have that. Mm -hmm. So you could also have a subscription to that and then post the listing there yourself as well. So you, you want know, to use the, your agent's information as the contact. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? You'll yeah. put their the agent's information as the contact on there. So I know in a perfect world, every single agent you're going to work mm-hmm. with is going to have that already. So maybe you feel like you shouldn't be doing that. But the ultimate goal is to actually sell the property. So I wouldn't get too hung up on that. You're going to run your agents in certain areas that maybe, you know, that maybe they don't. You know, they're the the busiest in a certain area, but maybe they don't. It's kind of expensive, those sites. So mm-hmm. I can understand why they don't do it in some situations. But there are a lot of good leads and everything that do come from, from those sites. And the other thing, too, is uh, think of them as like your partner in business because you're not a homeowner selling your house to buy a new house. You're a business owner in the land selling realm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your agent or broker, your real estate professional is a partner in your business, right? They're partnering with you. So there's going to be some things where it's not like a traditional house selling a house because that's not a business, you know, and that these expenses are kind of part of your partnership. So if you have to pay for that, yeah, it'd be great if they had it, but remember what's the goal. The goal is to sell the property and whatever you can do to move it quicker. Cause if that money's sitting there and it's not moving, it doesn't make as much throughout the end of the year. Keep an eye on the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. Next thing on the list, Heather, is neighbor letters. I feel like, um, you know what I was going to say? Like, I feel uh-huh. like this is something that we, it should always be done. Right. Like, even bringing it up, it's like, why why do we not do this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So do we do this on every single property? No. No, we should, though. Peter, why are we not doing this? <laughs> because there's only uh, so much time in the day for me, and I need to put this system in place, We actually. need to actually have somebody that's just their job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to get into is, like, having a team member that's dedicated to mm-hmm. doing all these these tasks right and checklist so, for every property so right, we do like, some of them but not all of them as soon as it closes and we know how much it's we're going to price it for and we know who the agent's going to be we just do like a pre-formatted postcard or a letter or something yeah exactly so neighbor letters it's essentially a letter that you send out you know all these um data tools online it's very easy to kind of do a perimeter around the property so you get the 50 closest neighbors to a property and you send them a letter saying, hey, I'm going to be putting this property on the market for sale. I thought I would reach out to you first before it hits the open market and see if you have an interest in buying it. It's kind of that the gist of that. You can put a little image on there with the property and the, the outlines and everything. And like, here's the price I was going to put it on the market at, you know, mm-hmm. and then you'll be amazed. Uh, a lot of the buyers act for our properties actually come um, you know, for neighboring properties or people down the street, something like that. These are properties that have probably been, 
you know, nothing's been happening with them for, you know, for the, the beginning of time. And these people have just driven by it over and over again. And they're always like, hmm, that comes for sale. I'd like to buy it. You know, right. So. It just makes sense, especially the neighboring properties where it could be annexed and onto theirs. Mm, yes. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it, it seems so relatively inexpensive when you think about it compared to if there was like a house on it or something. And this think, oh, gosh, I, you know, my house is three acres and then there's this 10 acre parcel then i can have 13 acres like right build a, a and then i don't family. have to have a neighbor beside me that right. i have to worry about and also like family compounds are getting to be now that you know stuff's expensive it'd be a lot easier if you could have your adult children like why well, are you own this we can just all you have to do is put a i don't know whatever on it mm-hmm. yeah. share child care i don't know it's it just it makes sense there's a lot of reasons why i think that's i'm actually shocked that it doesn't happen more often that it's not a neighbor that buys it but then I wonder, maybe they don't see it. Maybe they don't even know. They probably don't. You know, these people a lot of times are not monitoring. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24 seven live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. The MLS Who does for that? new listings or anything? I don't. I, I go through periods where I do, mm-hmm. but I don't routinely. Unless I see a sign up, I wouldn't know. Right. Let me ask you a question. Do we always have signs up on our properties? Well, the um, agents that we work with put signs on the properties, yes. Okay, because so, I know some don't. Mm-hmm, right. And yeah, you know, I, obviously, we don't have a way to verify that unless we're actually sending Oh, yes, sending, we do, in case any sending of these out agents are... Uh, or something like yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the, you know, a good agent's marketing is they're always putting a sign on the property because it's good for them and it's good for us, hopefully the fund a buyer for our property, but also the neighbors will see who's listing the mm-hmm. property and they will hopefully get more listings from that property as well. But that only works if they drive down that street mm-hmm. or if they live right there. So that's why the neighbor letters, they go a little bit farther. Right. So you might have a, a situation where it's like, you know, down the street, but it's this street over here that would end up buying it. Yeah. So uh, neighbor letters, definitely uh, a great thing to do. I mean, I think we'd find out probably that I know other investors that do this for every single property and they swear by that, uh, you know, they're getting, I've heard figures like 25% of their deals come from one of these neighbor letters or, you know, even higher I've heard. So it's something we should be doing on every every single deal. So I am putting that process in place. So. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. So we're going to hold him to it. <laughs> hold me to it. Yes. The other thing that's kind of um, another yes, the same you concept. You give something. You give them oh, the did? first shot before you list the property on the market. Oh yes, that's the concept behind it. I like that though. But even saying something like, "Hey, this is going to go on the market," you know, in the next week or something, if you want to get it beforehand. Yep, it's the urgency. Uh huh. Uh huh. And and also just the reality of it. That would mm-hmm. be a lot easier than having to to even do any of that. Right. As long as you get a fair price and they get a fair price, it'll still hopefully be under market and. Yep, that's right. Okay, go on. Be a win-win mm-hmm. now. 
you could take this one step further and make sure you, or, or try harder to get a hold of these people and communicate with them in a different way by actually texting or calling a neighbor. Yeah, let's make it weird. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I guess that's the way you look at it. But like if I, if there was, um, you know, a vacant lot beside my house and someone was going to put it on the market, I would actually really appreciate that phone call. But like, hey, I'm going to sell this property. I would love it. Yeah, but let's be realistic. They'd have my number. Okay, well, and what would you say? You'd give, say, Peter, give them a call. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, Pete, give them a call. <laughs> or I'd be like, here, this is Pete's personal private number. You should call and text him 5,000 times. Okay, I have a problem with this, but I also know it works, so uh-huh. I'm going to shut up. Right. I don't think there's... You don't do it in a Menacing sleazy way. way or whatever. Just say, hey, I'm going to be selling this lot right next to your house here. Just thought I'd give you a heads up in case you've got any interest. I think that actually is is good. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate that actually, right? Because if one of our houses, if there, or you know, we own own some um, duplexes, and if the duplex is next door to it, I would want to buy it. I know, I know, it makes total sense. So I would appreciate it if you gave me the heads up because I don't have a way of marking that to check it constantly. Right. And if I already have the putting all these resources into taking care of these duplexes, I'd be it would be awesome to. You know, it would lower the cost for everybody. Right. So meaning like the end person. So, okay, that makes sense. I just think like you're probably not going to want to like blast at, you know, even 100 people with that. But like the surrounding neighbors, the ones that are touching Mm -hmm. the property or maybe on the same street or something like I, I don't know. I think that would be a pretty good a pretty good tactic. And I know other investors do that. I would go even a little bit farther because going back to that whole thing, like if a, for our kids or something, it might make sense. Or even for that, like, again, if if we took in just the duplexes, but if we're thinking of an actual house, like, so here's our house. And there's been so many times people have asked to buy one of our houses because they have family that would love to live there. Right. So I feel like that would be, it would just make sense. Like, Hey, we're going to be selling this piece of land within like maybe half a mile or something like that oh, okay, yeah, that'd be great. Then my kids can build a house there or my sister can move in here or whatever. Like, I I feel like that's a good idea. Okay, I take it back Yeah, for one time, one time. Okay, so next tactic, Facebook Marketplace. Mm, So Facebook Marketplace is kind of the replacement for Craigslist. Craigslist used to be the online classified. Facebook Marketplace has sort of replaced that. There's a lot of activity on Facebook Marketplace. Now- I heard that Craigslist is still active for other communities. Okay, well, I'm not familiar with those communities, but... Good answer. Okay. <laughs> Craigslist is actually on our list here. We're getting, we're getting to Craigslist. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But Facebook uh, has a lot of eyeballs. So you can post a property on Facebook <laughs> Marketplace. Really saying. Well, they do. They have a lot of people on there and a lot of you know, your potential buyers are on there as well. So in, in these cases, you know, we used to list all of our properties on Facebook Marketplace and we've gotten away from that. Um, Why? Um, just cause it's a little bit cumbersome, but you know, there's no really good reason. It's just that we've gotten busy and we didn't do it. We haven't been doing it lately. So you'll get a lot of response. When you list a property on Facebook marketplace, you'll get a lot of responses. People always do this standard thing where it says, Hey, is this property available? Hey, is this available? You know, that's the, uh, pre-written thing mm-hmm. that you can kind of hit the button. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get a ton of those. 90% of those may not be good leads, just people who knows messing around or just curious or whatever. But you'll get a certain percentage of them that are real people. 
So when I was listing all of them on Facebook you mean Marketplace, real or buyers, real interested buyers. buyers, not real people. They're normally. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're all real people. I would imagine. To some extent, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> your definition bots, of real bots. people, yeah. But yeah, real uh, potential buyers mm-hmm. that are that are qualified and everything. So you know, I always tried to kind of drum up a conversation. Someone would respond and say, "Hey, is this property available?" Yes, it's available, and then ask them a question like, "Are you looking for a property in the area?" or you know, like, uh, is this property right near you or something like that? Just like ask them a question to get the ball rolling and get some responses going now. And you have to be professional. Like when someone asks you a question, you need to respond to them right away. You need to be real, you know? And I always, you know, once we got to a point where I was, you know, I thought it was a real lead, I would say, Hey, I got this property listed with my broker. Here's Mm -hmm. his information, you know, reach out, you know, give me your information. And I'll also tell him, to, to contact you, um, you know, that type you of You just so. get it to that point. You're doing right. that legwork just to get them interested. I'm just getting a lead for them, a good lead for them. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, you know, you could be in the camp that says, oh, well, I'm not going to do their job. I'm paying them all this commission. But it's, again, it's keeping the eye on on the, uh, the ultimate goal, which is to sell the property for as quickly as possible for the best possible price you can. There's so. a lot of ego that you need to drop. Mm-hmm. You know, or a, a ego, I guess, like, oh, yeah, maybe ego. Like, why am I doing this? I'm too right. good to be doing that because I'm doing whatever. And it's just it doesn't matter. Even the best agents have their limitations. And maybe they just fully don't they don't understand or maybe they don't use Facebook. And a lot of them are using Facebook. But if you do it on Facebook mm-hmm. as well, you're going to get additional exposure. You can also put um, boost it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can also put some uh, ad dollars behind it. And it doesn't have to be huge. You know, you could be doing five, ten dollars a day, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, so it, it's it's going to reach more people doing it that way. And, uh, you know, might be well worth your money. I'd give it a try. Not. Maybe maybe you wouldn't. Maybe, you know, a certain percentage mm-hmm. of your deals, you're going to find the buyer that way. I guarantee it. Right. So if you do it like re- repeatedly, it works really well for lower price properties. You know, those are the ones that sell pretty quickly on there. Right. And a couple of things. You need to be the type of person or at least dedicate yourself. You're going to respond back really quick. And that you're okay communicating with people. If those, if you're not, if if you know you're just not going to respond or you just hate doing it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of fun though. It's kind of fun when you have a property, especially that gets a lot of interest. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, and then you can play them off each other. Oh yeah, I bet you know it's the thirtieth message I've gotten today. So you know, if you are interested, I would. <laughs> I'd reach out to my I'd broker. I'd make a move on this thing right away, you know, so you can. Let's see what else you've got on my thing. Okay. Yeah, it is It is fun. Just make sure that you actually do respond because no one, it really sours somebody if you say, if you put something and then you don't respond. Right. Just don't do that. Yeah, it's unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. Next on the list, Heather, your favorite, Craigslist. Wow. Now, Craigslist obviously used to be the king of this type of type of stuff. This is the online classified, you know, hub for everything. It's not that same way anymore. But there some is, areas it is some right? areas there still is a lot of activity. Some areas there still is some potential to put together deals. Some areas it's all just sketchy stuff. Yes. Some areas when you look on there, it's a ghost town. There's mm-hmm. basically nothing happening there. So I don't know that I wait waste my time in posting in those type of areas. Mm-hmm. But if it's an area where it looks like there's a lot of activity, there's a lot of uh, real estate listings and things like that, I don't think it could hurt. I can think of a couple of circumstances where our buyers have come from Craigslist when we were putting all of our properties on there. So it just depends. You know, it's going to be a smaller percentage mm-hmm. than Facebook for sure. But here's the way you do it: you balance it. It's quick. It's not going to take you tons of time. How expensive is it? Free. Free. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can pay for. Actually, no. Maybe they do charge for real estate listings now. 
I think they do. Yeah, something in my brain said it. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's probably yeah. relatively cheap. It's cheap, yeah. Okay, and there's no harm. Mm-hmm. There's, I guess you could have wasted thirty bucks. I don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it something. was like twenty five bucks. Or okay, something, so you could, you might lose twenty five dollars. Oh well, you know what right. I mean. If you're gonna make ten thousand dollars, I think right. you can, you can invest twenty five. It's not gonna hurt anybody. No <laughs> benefit always the risk. You know, which the risk is, you know, ten minutes of your time and twenty five dollars. So. I think it's worth a try as long as the community looks like there's action. Mm-hmm. If it's literally a ghost town, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. And maybe you put in your ad also like, hey, I buy properties, too. So if you know anyone that's selling their property, I buy it for cat buy properties for cash. Who knows? You might end up with some deals that way, too. Oh, you even. Sorry, I guess I got ahead of myself with the whole sign thing, huh? Uh-huh. Yes. You have it on the list. Yes. The sign sign is, is an overlooked thing. We don't mean a sign from the above or from a friend. <laughs> We're talking about a physical sign. A physical sign. Yes. Now, if you're working with a real estate agent, I would confirm with them that they are going to be putting a sign on the property. And if you are one of these types that's doing it in the flat fee MLS kind of DIY style yourself, um, I would hire someone locally to put a sign on the property. So you can do one of these signs from Home Depot, you know, like one of the orange and black ones that says like for sale or something mm-hmm. like that. We've done that before. We paid someone to put one right, up. Yeah. So you can use apps like Thumbtack or something like that or find someone on Craigslist mm-hmm. to do it for you or even pay the photographer that went out to the property and have them write, you know, some basic stuff on the property with your phone number and the price. And uh, you might be surprised that you would get some get some action from that. I know a lot of I know a lot of investors that do that that very thing and it works. You know, sometimes those those signs like that attract more attention than some of the realtor signs. But it's an extra step, you know. It's, it's going to cost you a little bit, not too much, uh, but I do think it is well worth it. Yep, definitely. Okay. Um and then you say improve the marketability. What's what's yeah. going on with that? Yeah, so uh, maybe I should have put this at the beginning in presenting the property in the right way. But I think we've talked about this in other episodes too. We have. So we've we'll talked about it at length. But Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. You know, improving the marketability of the property is really, really important. So you want to obviously present it in the best light with the photos and description and all that kind of stuff. But the property, the physical property itself, sometimes there's some things that you can do to help it sell quicker. So brush clearing is one of those ones that we talk about all the time. Brush clearing, first of all, if it's a property that's a jungle where you can't even walk onto the property, if you can just clear some access into the property and maybe cut some trails through it or something like that, then you're going to find that it's going to sell a lot quicker. Have we bought and sold a lot of jungles? Uh, Yeah, we have. We have. Actual jungles. Well, not in the Amazon or anything uh, like that, but okay. no. Properties that are very densely overgrown, there's no way to get into them without a machete. Like a, <laughs> a forest situation. I guess in yeah. Florida, they have pseudo. I see. A, I think of a forest, and I'm thinking of like monkeys and... Oh, you know, like rainforest, you mean? Yeah. Or a jungle? Okay. Yeah, so 
Definitely consider that. Uh, also, some things you could do is trash cleanup. You know, sometimes That's, there's some trash cleanup or around the property that could uh, make a big impact by cleaning some of that stuff up. And I think that if you clean it up, it it discourages other people. Like, I think a lot of people get the idea to dump stuff on your property if there's trash there already. Right. But also, how many people want to buy a property with trash on it? Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, people do, but they want a better discount then. Yeah, they, I they, would. they would want a discount, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it's something that could be, they could pay someone to clean up or whatever, but they're like, eh, I should, you know, since it's not turnkey or whatever, I should get a discount, and they're, they're going to try to negotiate more. A good thing on that is that, you remember when you were selling houses and people would walk in and they'd be like, oh, this is house is perfect except for the kitchen's green and I do not like green. Yes. And we're like, you can literally pay someone $100 to paint it. Yes. You know, but they still wouldn't buy it. It's the same thing. People can't see past that. So if you mitigate the issues, people can see the value in it better. Yeah. I mean, just take a look at all your photos that you got on the property and try to put yourself in the buyer's shoes. Like, what would you be thinking? Just like really think about it from that perspective. And you might realize that there's some, you know, some minor things that you can do to the property that are really increase the marketability of it. And cheap. They're they're not even that expensive. Okay. And then the last thing you said is like soil tests and surveys. Yeah. So obviously the more turnkey you can make it, especially if it's a buildable property, to make it a buildable property, you can do things like the, the perk test, soil test, or a survey. So it definitely can help out in a lot of cases as well. I'm, so. po- I'm getting ready for our next segment. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, just to wrap this up, which ones of these things that you, should you do? All of them. That's right. You stole my punchline, Heather. All of them. There's no reason not to do some of these. I mean, obviously, there's some minor expenses that go along with some of these issues. But marketing expenses that you spend, I think, uh, in most cases, they're going to come back to you tenfold if you really look at... Uh, you know, the the end result of, of your efforts. Finding a buyer quicker, selling the property for more, you know, potentially creating a uh, a bidding war. How about that? That I happens. Like that. Yeah, all that the- happens. If you mm-hmm. do a great job with your marketing, you get multiple people interested in it, then you can have them bidding against each other. I also want to point out that you put a system in place. That's, I think, a very important aspect mm, of it. Because yes. you're thinking of this, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of stuff. But if you systematize it where it's just, oh, okay, it's ready to go. Or we've closed it. It's going to be listed in three days. What do I do next? Yep. And you have like that neighbor letter all ready to go. So the minute it closes, you submit and it gets sent out. Yep. And ASAP. probably right before you close it. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> as so, long as you're confident it'll close. Right. You know, what? however that works. But just have it in so that you're not really having to think about it. It's just like, these are things we do. Yeah, that's discussion. right. That's right. It's just part of your checklist. And, and if you have an assistant or something like that, these are great types of things that you can you know, film a little video, show your assistant how to do all these things and, um, you know, just teach them how to do it one time. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Take that friction away. So you're not the one doing it. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to answer some questions like we do every time, yes. um, but these come from a very specific area. And if yes. you have a question, you could submit them too. go ahead. Yeah. It comes from our community. It's called landconquest.com. And in the community, the community is all about land flipping, buying and selling land. So, We've got thousands of people in the community, and we've got an extensive training program on how to buy and sell and flip land. Very extensive, not just some cheap throwaway type course in there. Very extensive program, and uh, yeah, so it's um, it's available for free. It's available for free like, at no cost. At Heather. no cost. At thank no you. Cost. At no cost. Yeah. Yes, so cause... we each week we pull some questions from the community, mm-hmm. and then we answer them here on the podcast. And I noticed you have a, a the gauntlet shirt on. Oh yes, what, the gauntlet. What are yes. you repping? Oh, which by the way, look at this. We it looks like we color coordinated. We did. But we did you it. need like a gauntlet patch on your or a pin, like a lapel. <laughs> okay. A gauntlet. Gauntlet. Can you imagine lapel? your dress, nice dress, as one of these. Well, I just realized I don't have any jewelry, like on my oh, ring. Wow. 
but I realized something was off. Yeah. So I need the lapel. Well, the gauntlet is our newest mentorship program where we take a group of students from the point of not having their land flipping business set up. At the end of eight weeks, it's an eight-week fast-track program. They have their land flipping business fully established, bring in leads by the end of the eight-week period. So there's a lot of individual attention for me. We have a weekly Q&A and also a weekly instructional thing, along with a lot of other cool stuff that goes along with it. So if you're interested in checking that out, we will run batches of these uh, you know, uh, groups of students through this program periodically. So go to gauntlet.landconquest.com. Yeah, we book it before it starts. It's limited, and we're not... We only do certain sections of it at a time. So, but yep. the actual free training program at no cost training program is available all the time in the community. So, let's start answering some questions. Let's from do the it, community. Heather. Let's okay. do it. First one is from Christopher seeking guidance for, for this property situation. I didn't laugh because of that question. I just laughed. I don't know. Involuntary. Okay. A 10 acre vacant land located in San Bernardino County was transferred, sold to two adult children using a deed of absolute sale executed and notarized in the Philippines. What would be the appropriate process to sell the property <gasps> using a professional? Yeah, you stole my punchline. If you're going to ask me a question, you should let me answer it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I have no idea. <laughs> I Use a professional. Close this transaction through a title company. Mm. They will let you know exactly what needs to happen. Hey, there's so many different situations, paperwork and title and deeds and all this kind of stuff. I mean, hey, you may be an expert at it. I'm not. I don't know a lot of land investors that are, do have a really, really deep understanding of all this stuff. Anyhow, you're going to have to use them anyhow to close the transaction to get title insurance. And anyhow, so open, you know, get the property under contract, submit it to the title company. They will let you know what needs to happen. If the paperwork's good, if something, if you need something mm-hmm. else, you know, whatever the case may be. But use a title company or an escrow in California in order to uh, get this deal closed. Yeah, or closing or an attorney mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't without that. No right. way. Especially, yeah. But anyways, thank you for that. That was fun. Yes. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Heartbreak. Oh no. Okay. So Kirby says short-term, long-term capital gains. Is short-term, long-term long-term capital gains tax ever a concern with regards to buying and selling land? Okay. Well, I should preface this by saying I am not a licensed tax attorney or CPA or... You have no training in... I have no training in taxes. In taxes, att- right, legal so, stuff, so... So take my advice with a grain of salt. It could be very advice. wrong. Oh, it's not advice. Oh. Take your words take, with take his word. thoughts in his brain because it's not advice. <laughs> okay. So anytime we say talk about taxes, we have to do some sort of disclaimer like that. So anyhow, in this situation, land, land flipping, these are short-term holds. Mm-hmm. So it's just like any other business. Like you could be, you can go to 7-Eleven and buy and sell Twinkies. You know, you're selling things. You get no tax advantage in that situation. You're just buying and selling stuff. It's the same thing with land flipping. You're buying and selling stuff. There's no tax advantage because you're not holding these properties longer. Now, there are special incentives for people to hold real estate longer and you get tax breaks. Now, that's where they they talk about long-term capital gains. So like if you held a property over a year, you're generally going to have be taxed at a lower rate than if you held properties for a shorter amount of time. I wouldn't even get into that. Like you're just buying and selling things, right? land in in our case. So it's like any other business. You have income and you have expenses. Mm-hmm. And you're hopefully you're doing this through some sort of entity and you may be doing it in a tax advantage way or something. But that's really what you have to, to think about. Don't get caught up in the fact that you're not holding these properties for a year and you're going to be missing out on all this tax advantages and stuff. And don't, don't even think about it. Yeah. And don't try to like hold it for a year 
to do no, so. I've, and I've heard I've heard of investors doing that. And it just makes no sense to me. So right, and I wonder if even they would say no. I, I don't know. Like I, I would just not mm-hmm. talk to a, a tax professional. Right, but just who, consider it like any other business. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be buying and selling stuff. You're going to have income, and you're going to have expenses. It is what it is. Right. Okay, so Jack says, trading property. Has anyone traded properties with others before? Maybe upgrade to a larger property plus cash or et cetera. But you're like really giving me some like wild, I mean, I'm not, that's pretty interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I know people do it. I've never done it. No. But, you know, I've heard the story, you know, uh, talking about Craigslist. Have you heard mm-hmm. the story where someone started off with a paperclip and yeah. then ended up trading it eventually for a house? Right. They kept trading it and trading it and trading it. You could trade land, you know. You just have to have parties on, on either side of the transaction where it makes sense to each side. Mm-hmm. And, again, speak to a, a tax professional because... Yeah, I don't know the tax consequences mm-hmm. of, of, of those types of transactions, but you can certainly trade one thing for another. It doesn't have to be physical cash. And, uh, you know, it's... I think I've had, you know, numerous properties for sale before where people have approached me about potentially trading. And every single time that scenario has come up, it's it's never been one that's been attractive to me. It's always been something like, oh, I've got this property down in Costa Rica or something like that. And I'd love to trade for this. I'm like, well, maybe it's cool or whatever, but I just have no interest in like, why would I trade this something that I know for something that I don't know? And, you know, I don't know. We so. And something that we refer back to constantly is we're not looking to start new businesses mm-hmm. yeah. unless we specifically want to start a new business. Cause a lot of those things like, Oh cool. That could a place in Costa Rica. Yeah. You could Airbnb it. Okay, great. But now I'm starting a business being an Airbnb right? or I'm selling a piece of land. That's got, I don't know, a coconut some piece of property in Costa Rica. Yeah, you know, who or knows? it's got something on it that, Oh, but you could harvest this. Well, that's uh-huh. a new business. And I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to become the queen of, coconuts and coke you know in costa rica like that's just okay suit yourself (laughs) so just think of it that way when you're what's your motivation to do that is this Mm -hmm. really going to benefit you or is this a property you just have not been able to sell and that makes sense yeah maybe maybe there's certain you know you just have to look at each individual situation so was that it didn't that we have was another? it. Oh, okay. I yes. thought there was one more. Sorry. All right. So a couple quick reminders. Mm-hmm. I thought today was a really good episode, for, uh, by the way. But anyhow, partner with Pete. Pat I haven't, I haven't on, mentioned partner with Pete. Partnerwithpete.com. Yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Partnerwithpete.com is our uh, innovative funding program. So if you are an investor and you get a property under contract, go to that website, partnerwithpete.com, submit the details on the site. We will look at the property within 24 hours and let you know if we can fund the deal. But it's not just funding that we do. We take over every other step of the process, um, meaning the due diligence. You know, we hire a photographer. We get the brush cleared if it needs it. We'll find an agent. We'll do the marketing of the, of the property and resell it. And when it resells, we split the profits 50-50. What's really cool about that from, from the investor's perspective, from your perspective, would be that there's absolutely no downside. You know, if we lose money, you know, if we make a mistake or something like that, it's not like we're coming after you and saying, hey, you owe us, you know, 50% of this loss or anything. You only get the upside. You don't get any downside. Obviously, we uh, look at a lot of properties and we know what we're doing. So we will only go forward with properties that we believe are good deals. But, uh, you know, so so that's uh, that's the other thing about it, too, that um, you get some insight into how we do things, how we do our research and everything like that, which I think is pretty valuable for, for, for most investors. And then you didn't talk about Turning Profit. Turning Profit is our website uh, for the podcast itself. But each month on that website, we do a monthly income report or 
I, I do in a monthly income yeah, I report. Don't, I don't do me it. And my team helps me mm-hmm. kind of put uh, compile everything. But um, I offer emotional support. But yeah, it's all the numbers of our business. It's the revenue each month. It's profit, gross profit each month. It's each and every deal that we did that month. We break it down like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how many days we held it for, notes on each individual property. So the goal is to provide a lot of insight into what this business actually is, what's what's possible and potentially what you could do yourself. So that's the whole reasoning for, for doing that. I've got almost a couple of years of those income reports up there. So there's a huge library to go through now. And, uh, and I think you'll, you'll get a really good feel for the business itself. Oh, also one other thing on that, on that site there, turningprofit.com, you can also sign up. There's a box at the top with your name and your email and put that in and then we'll send you our, recording we did over the 50 first deals. So this is a, a loom video that I did where I walked through the 50 first deals that we actually did, like all the stats on them, what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how many days we held it for, notes on each of those properties. So uh, yeah, so that's from the beginning, how our land flipping journey started. So you could see, you know, maybe make some parallels to your own journey. Yeah, see what's possible and kind of kind of go from there. Um, lastly, where can they find you on the internet? Oh, yes. Um, on Instagram, it's at Partner with Pete. On TikTok, it's the same thing. And then YouTube, at Turning Profit. Sounds um, good. Um, if you haven't, like if you're listening to this on a podcast player, YouTube has, it's more depth. Right. Um, you can see the funny faces I make at Pete, but um, we've got more... Uh, videos there than just the podcast. Oh yeah, interviews with students. We've got uh, income report videos on there as well, and we've got a bunch of cool content planned that we're rolling out soon. I just want to point out um, how amazing I am because without me, um, you would forget to say all these things. We have stuff everywhere. There's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. So if you're looking yeah. for education, you want to learn more about it. There's partner with Pete. You could see the program there. Turning profit, which will take you to links of the YouTube, all that kind of stuff, and then um, land conquest, which is the training program and the community. Yep. Yeah. So lots of lots of ways to learn. And uh, most all of it is completely free as well. Yep. So, so anyways, we'll see you next week, though. That we'll was a great then. episode. Bye. All right. Bye. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.